Have you ever wondered how in the world God could ever use you to do anything great for his kingdom? I, I, maybe, maybe you've thought this. I know I've thought this. I, I've wondered, like, I, I've messed up. I've done some bad things. I've made mistakes. I'm insignificant. I'm nobody important. I'm nobody special. I'm like, how, God, why, God, would you want to use me to do anything significant, to do anything great? So when you look at, at famous people, like, you may not even know who, Marie Curie, You look at famous people, maybe like Martin Luther King Jr. or people like Steve Jobs, like maybe you you could or maybe you couldn't see yourself changing the world how they have. Like maybe maybe you could see yourself finding a cure for cancer or, or ending racial injustice or creating a new form of technology that's never been thought of before. Sometimes it's fun to dream and to think about, well, the, what if, or, or to think about what if, what if God did this or what if these things happen that could change the world. It's fun to imagine that if the world got even a little bit better because of my influence, because I was in it, or because of your influence or because you're in it, because you're a part of it, it's, it's fun to imagine, like, what could happen if God used me to do something significant? And here's what I want you to understand as we kind of come to an end of, we've been talking all a month uh, about unconventional dreams. And here, here's what I want you to understand as, we, as this series kind of comes to a close, that God wants to use you to change the world. God wants to use every single one of you, and you're like, oh, who, me? Little old me? Like, like, he wants to use you, every single one of you guys, in one shape or form. He's got a plan and a purpose for every single one of you. As insignificant as you may feel, as, as bad of a sinner as you may feel, or as bad as a person, or, or you're like, I don't even want this. God can still use you to do great things, to change the world. And, and like, we don't get to just dream about doing it. Like, every day... Living for God, serving his kingdom, we get to live this dream. We get to do this. But to live the dream, you have to dream to really live for God's way and for God's purposes. You you may not be like the next Patrick Mahomes. You may not be the next Simone Biles. But you could be the next Peter or Stephen or Mary from the Bible. And I'll explain here in just a minute, but you could be one of the few who choose to live completely sold out to God. And because your life, uh, because the way you live your life, the world could be forever changed because you dream to live. Because you dream to live. You don't just have a dream, but you dream to live. So tonight, let's dream together. Let's talk about how God could use us and and all the promises that God gives us if we choose to really live. The first thing I want you to know is that God will do this. He'll build it. God will build. See, the reason I mentioned Peter a minute ago, because... um, because he's, Peter is the disciple, he's the follower of Jesus who was always saying, always like the guy who put, in, put his foot in his mouth, he was always doing the wrong thing. And like one minute he's telling Jesus, Jesus, I'll die for you. And the next minute he's like, I don't even know who that guy is. Like he's always sticking his foot in his, in his mouth. And, and Peter, he, he often speaks just too quickly and it gets him in trouble. And though Peter though, he had his doubts and he had his struggles, and like he had some serious anger issues, he had some serious moments, like at one point he even cut off a guy's ear, like he was, he was a, 
he, he wasn't the greatest guy, to be honest. He was someone, but he was someone who Jesus used to build his church. It says this in, this in Matthew 16, verse 18. It says this, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Notice that Jesus didn't say, oh, and I tell you that, that you're pebble. You're just a little pebble. And, or, or like, I, I don't, or Jesus didn't say, or now I tell you that you're the most annoying disciple ever. Jesus didn't say that. He says, you're a rock. And when we accept our new life in Christ, when we become followers of Jesus, when we become Christians, we're no longer who we used to be. We're not who we used to be. We're not a, a, a pebble. We're no longer a liar. We're no longer anything that we've done in our past. We're chosen. We're loved. We're who God wants to use to build his church, to build his kingdom. And through Jesus, we're made strong. See, you don't, you don't have to be a, a pastor or you don't have to be the world's greatest Christian to build God's church. I think a lot of times we're like, well, I don't know all the answers, or I don't know the Bible front to back, or I haven't even read the Bible front to back, or I don't even, I'm not even a great guy. It's, it's okay. Trust God, follow him, live for him, and he'll use you to continually build his kingdom. You just need a willing heart. You just need to say, God, what do you need from me? God, what are you calling from me, calling me to do? What God, what, what, what do you want from me? Some of us, some of the most influential people in, in my own life, they weren't Bible scholars. They, they were people who, they weren't people who like lived in uh, other countries as missionaries. Those people are great and they do great things. The greatest people in my life who, who affected and changed my life were people just trying their best to serve God and they were loving me well in the process. Let me tell you about uh, my youth pastor. His name was Tracy Fitzgerald. And, and actually, I had a lot of youth pastors growing up. I went to a small church. My parents were my youth pastors at one time, which was kind of weird, but whatever. Um, my kids think it's weird too, but, um, but, but Tracy, Tracy Fitzgerald was my youth pastor for a while. And, and um, let me tell you about Tracy. Tracy was barely even a Christian. Just my thought. He, he was barely even a believer. I remember, um, so his girlfriend, which then was his wife, um, she would bring him to church when he was just a teenager. And this was the guy, he wore a, a long trench coat. He had long, dark hair. And, and he even said, he tells the story of him sitting in the church. And, and he, didn't, he didn't live a very good life. He actually was into witchcraft at one point and into some very dangerous things. And there, he even showed me under the pew at church, we had those old wooden pews, he had these long fingernails. And as worship and as she brought, dragged him to church and he was sitting there and he dug his claws, his fingernails into, this, into the pews because God was doing something on his heart and on his life and he was fighting it in those moments. And this guy turned out to be my youth pastor. If Tracy Fitzgerald can be a guy who influences me, who influenced so many other people, God can use you to influence other people's lives as well. Tracy, just because he, he, didn't, he didn't know a whole lot, but he invested time in me. He loved me. He cared for me. He helped me 
grow in my relationship with Jesus, actually right alongside of him. And it was, it was life-changing for me. And I am where I am today, partly because of Tracy. See, you don't have to have it all together to change the world. You don't have to have all the answers like Peter in the Bible or, or Tracy even definitely didn't. But what Peter did have, and what Tracy did have was God's promise that he would build through him and that nothing, not even hell, would be able to stop it. See, I used to read this verse. Actually, could we put that verse back up on the screen? I used to read this verse as a kid, and, and I always pictured, like, the, the, the last part of this, it says, and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Uh, there's a different version that says that the gates of hell. And I used to read this verse as a kid, and I'm like, the, the gates of hell are attacking the church? That's kind of weird. And, 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 I, but, and, I, and I got to thinking about it, and, and really what it is, it's about the church attacking the gates of hell. We see, we're not called to play defense. We're called to be on the offense. We're called to be aggressive. We're called to go get it. We're called to go after it. We're not called to just sit back and like, hey, don't, don't come after me. Don't do this. We're called to, to run and to fight and to go and to fight for our friends and to fight for our family. We're called to be on the offense, to move forward. Then see, God promises to build, but we got to put ourselves in the, on the playing field. We got to put ourselves out there. We, we, we have, every single one of us, we have a role to play. We have a part to play in building God's kingdom. And, and we have to play like, because we know that we're going to win. How many of you guys like to, to play a game and you're like, I'm just going to lose anyways, or you know you're going to lose? Nobody likes to play that game. Nobody wants to play that game. But here's what God did. God gave us a promise and he says, you're going to win. If you're a follower of me, you're going to win. And I don't know about you guys, but I like to be on the winning team. I like to play on the winning team. I don't like to lose. And that's how God promised us. That's what God promises. He said, you follow me. Yeah, there's going to be battles. There's going to be fights. There's going to be moments where you're going to want to give up. But if you're on my team and you follow me and you live for me and you serve, we're going to win. We're going to win this. The second thing I want you to know is that God will be with you. That's the very, that, the best part is this. To me, that's the best part is that I don't have to fight this battle alone. God will be with us every step of the way. He's the greatest coach in the world. Like he, he's made and he's made his playbook fully available to us. Matthew 28 verse 20, it says this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. <clears throat> See, God's not just sitting back snacking on popcorn and like, like he's fighting with you. He's not just kicked back and lazy boy and he's got his feet up and like watching, oh, look at those losers. No, he is fighting with us. And he wants to spend time with us and teach us through his word. <clears throat> he wants to coach us and encourage us as we praise him, as we follow him. He wants, but though he wants to bring correction and help you be the best you can, the best follower of Jesus that you can. And he wants to lead and guide your life every single step of the way. And, and, but the great thing is that you don't have to do it all by yourself. We're not in this alone. And I'm so thankful for that. <clears throat> he promises to be with us to the very end. But we have to follow his instructions carefully. We got to spend time with him. We got to know him. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, that your word, and talking about uh, God's word, the Bible, it says your word, the Bible is a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. It's basically saying God's word is a guide for my life. 
it teaches me where to go. It shows me where to go. Even in this, all the dark places, it's a lamp, it's a light, and it helps me find where to go. See, <clears throat> if athletes showed up to practice without doing their homework, they'd be in trouble. Without studying film or without even checking out the other team, they'd be in trouble. If they never came to the practice, your coach won't let you play. You have to take God's command and to read his word and to spend time in, in prayer with him seriously. If we want to play and we want to play well, if we want to change the game, we've got to make sure that we're hearing his voice. And the third and final thing is this, that God will do greater things. He'll do greater things. When we understand that we'll win, uh, when we stay close to God, see, God can change the world through us. John 14, verse 12, it says this, I tell you the truth, anyone, and that's just anyone, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. This is Jesus talking. These are his words. And he says, anyone, that's anyone who is a follower of Jesus, that's anyone who said, Jesus, I'll follow you, I'll live for you, I want you to be a part of my life. He's saying this, and I don't know if you know the Bible very well, and that's okay if you don't, but here's some things that Jesus did. Jesus made blind people see. Jesus healed people. He brought dead people back to life. He changed lives. He, he healed people. He did amazing, miraculous. He, he helped deaf people hear. And here's what he's saying. Jesus is saying this to his followers. If you, he's saying, if you believe in me, you'll do the same works that I've done. But then he goes on to say this, and even greater works, because I'm going to the Father. How amazing is that? That God, that Jesus, the Son of God, who did all these amazing things, he brought people back from the dead. He said, if you're my follower, you can do these things. And then he's like, and even greater things. That's us. He's saying that to us if we're followers of Jesus. I don't know about you guys, but that's a pretty big deal. See, God's promises is, is this, that he'll do greater things through us. He'll do greater things through us. Maybe you really in this room, one of you guys one day could invent a cure for cancer. Or maybe one of you guys in this room will be part of a group of people who put a real end of, to racial injustice. Or maybe some of you in this room will create the next greatest technology. That's great, but the greatest thing that you could ever do is spend your life serving Jesus and living for Jesus and doing whatever he called you to do. That's the greatest thing that you could do. If you become a scientist, serve Jesus well being a scientist. If you become a teacher, serve Jesus well being a teacher. If you work at a bank, Serve Jesus well working at a bank. Whatever it is that you're doing, serve Jesus well. If you're a student in middle school, serve Jesus well being a student in middle school. If student in high school, serve Jesus well being a student in high school. If you're on a sports team, serve Jesus well being on your sports team. Represent him in everything that you're doing. See, whatever platform God gives you, use it for his glory. Whatever place he puts you, 
use it for his glory. A lot of people aren't excited, and of course, I know school is kind of really weird right now, but a lot of people aren't excited to be in school. But if God has placed you in a place to be there, then you serve God well every place that you're at. Use it to show others who he really is. Not every single person in this room. I know a couple that are that are called to be missionaries. Not every single person in this room is called to be a missionary, but we are all called on the same mission. And that mission is to spread the gospel of Jesus wherever we go. This is living the dream. This is living our life to the fullest potential, and this is how we win the game. See, I don't know what God could do through you, but I do know that he's got a dream for you that's far greater than anything that you could dream for yourself. You may not see it yet, and that's okay. I remember a lot of you guys in this room who are juniors and seniors and maybe some of our college-age students in this room, you're like, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It took me a long time to realize how or why God would want to even use me. And honestly, sometimes I still don't even get it right. I still mess up. But what I want to know is what I want you to know and what I want to know is that I still want to be used by God no matter what. I want my life to count. I want my life to matter. And I want other people to see Jesus in me. And I want them to be able to experience his love for themselves. That's our mission. That's our mission. That's who we are. This is God's unconventional dream. Going is the process. But generosity is the progress. That's how we get there. These are God's promises to us, what we just spoke about tonight. He will build. He'll be there with us. He'll do greater things through us. The question is, will you be a part of it?